All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, time now for the Pigskin Report, brought to you by Mr. Lube. Uh, stop in now for an oil change, no appointment necessary. Be winter ready at one of their nine Edmonton locations, mrlube.com. We welcome in two people right now, our uh, Tuesday morning co-host, uh, Grant Fuhr, and we also welcome in Howard Balzer from Sirius XM NFL Radio. Uh, guys, thanks uh, for coming on. How's uh, everything going down uh, stateside? Good on my end of the world. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sorry, it's kind of nor- normally Howard. We have Grant in a little bit before, and then the, we just kind of got everyone hooked up at the same time. But thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, pretty cool. So, Fierzy, how how was uh, you been off a couple of weeks? Uh, were you doing some stuff with the the Firebirds in Coachella Valley? What was going on? Uh, a little bit of stuff with the Firebirds, and then a little bit of charity stuff. Cool. And then my wife took me for a little vacation for our anniversary, of my birthday. Wow. So. Good we stuff. We accomplished a little of everything. Oh, great stuff. Uh, so, Howard, uh, man, another great uh, weekend in the NFL. Uh, last night, I mean, just watching Max Crosby play. I mean, this guy's motor's running all the time. Uh, what do you make of this uh, uh, great, great player for uh, for the for the Raiders? He, he, he's a tough guy to handle. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And like you said, it's – I don't know if it's rare, but you don't find a lot of guys like that that – are going every down they're in there, uh, going against, obviously, great blockers a lot of the time, knowing that there's going to be plenty of snaps where you're just not getting done what you want to get done, uh, but knowing that the best way to do it is just to, just to keep at it and going every down, and that's, you know, that's what he does. It was a little amazing to me on, on the one sack uh, that he had where the left tackle for the Packers mm-hmm. just moved, you know, he, he kind of went inside and didn't even pay attention to Crosby, and they tried to block him with some tight ends, which, of course, I don't know if that's the best strategy in terms of blocking him. So he's, he's, he's one of the best there is, and uh, certainly you know, he's a big part of, of what the Raiders are trying to accomplish. Uh, Howard Balzer is with us on Sports 1440. Grant Fuhrer is with us. Uh, Grant, did you get a chance to watch any NFL, and did anything catch your eye on this weekend? Uh, I watched the game last night. I'm a diehard Packers fan, so yeah. it, it was one of those things having to watch that last night. But it, it, it's an expected year. I mean, I think Jordan Love's got some growing pains going on right now. But no, there's some interesting games. I mean, hard to say what's wrong with the Bears. Hard to say what's wrong with the Vikings. Tennessee's kind of an interesting mess right now. There's some teams that I thought would be better teams that are struggling a little bit. What got you to be a, a Packers fan, Grant? A red baddie was always at our training camp. Yeah. So I get to be friends with Red, and they got started back early 80s. So, I mean, I just became a Packers fan. I've been a diehard ever since. Yeah. Howard, did you do you know Red Batty out of Green Bay? Uh, no, I, I, I don't know him. Okay. You know, but, you know, and, you know, in terms of you know, reacting to what, you know, Grant said about some teams, I mean, th- th- this is the NFL. And, of course, every game obviously is so magnified because you only play 17 of them and when you look at a team like the Vikings that he mentioned here's a team that all last year everyone everyone wondered is that sustainable where they were 11 and 0 in one score games i mean that's that's pretty phenomenal now this year they're losing the one score games and now it looks like Justin Jefferson is going on injury reserve so the injury factor obviously there's an injury factor in all sports but I don't know if there's any sport that has it more uh, than the NFL and how it can just absolutely 
decimate teams, especially when you get injuries at the you know at the same position. You look at the team like the Giants, and last year they had a pretty good offensive line that stayed healthy all year. This year they've they've been missing three starters on the offensive line, including Saquon Barkley at running back. And people are saying, "Boy, what's wrong with the Giants?" Well, hey, just open open the eyes. I mean, because it's it's pretty clear to see why. And it's tough to sustain things, and especially offensively in the NFL if you have questions in your offensive line. Yeah. Howard Balzer, Sirius XM NFL Radio, uh, with us as well as Grant Fuhr. So, Howard, there were so, so many injuries this, uh, over the course of the weekend. You mentioned uh, Jefferson, now uh, uh, James Conner, uh, uh, Devonna Chan. So just uh, guys are dropping like flies, uh, and it's some star power for sure. No, it, it definitely is. Heck, all we have to do is go back to opening night, uh, at least for the Jets, when Aaron Rodgers uh, was lost for the season. So that's why I say mm-hmm. it can, you know, it can totally affect everything that happens with a team. And of course, we always hear the tried and true lines. Well, this is the NFL, next man up, all those things. Well, you know, guess what? There's reasons why some players are backups and 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 some players are starters. And so you can overcome some. But like I said, if, if you have just way too many or they hit one particular position group, then you can have some real issues. And, and in a league where so many games are close games, and, and even the games that don't end up as one-score games, many of them are one-score games in the fourth quarter. Uh, but you know, if you're playing with backups and you're playing with guys that aren't accustomed you know, to playing that many snaps, then that's where a better team a lot of times is just going to take control in that fourth quarter and that's that's the separator that there is in this league and mm-hmm. it's just it's just the reality of the way it is hey howard who do you see uh picking up the slack in minnesota with jefferson out for the next month or so i don't know that anybody can pick up the slack yeah. uh, for him and heck they you know they are where they are right now with him and now not to have him i mean that just changes everything in terms of what you know the defense will do in preparation uh, for them because well, you know all you ever hear is well, you know, yeah, defensive coordinators when you're going against a great offensive player or vice versa, you have to account for that guy's presence. Well, when he's not there, all of a sudden the task becomes uh, quite you know quite a lot different, and it takes away that big play threat. It takes away a lot a lot of different things. I mean, heck, we saw with the Bengals. You know, this past week when they they finally reversed things where they were playing with a compromised Joe Burrow for the first few weeks of the season. And then all and, and Jamar Chase really you know wasn't that much of a factor for the first four games because of because of Burrow. Then Burrow all of a sudden is, you know, back to the way he was. And Chase goes for one hundred and ninety two yards mm-hmm. and three touchdowns. And so. That's like I said, you know, that's that's just the that's the way it is. So, you know, the Vikings will try to cobble together something, and you know, it's not as if they'll be shut down entirely. But when it comes to third down, when it comes to red zone, when it comes to those critical areas of the field, when you don't have Justin Jefferson, that's a huge loss uh, for that team. For sure. Um... Grant Fierce uh, co-hosting with us on the Kevin Carey Show. We've got Howard Balzer from Sirius XM NFL Radio. So, Grant, when you were watching that game last night, uh, I mean, it must have been Devontae Adams. You must have been a big Devontae Adams fan when he was with Green Bay. And what did you think of his his game last night? Uh, you know what? I've seen him have better games, yeah. but he contributes at key times. And I think that's the biggest thing that he does really well. I mean, obviously, he had great chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. 
And I think that's that was one of the big keys. And every you get a receiver that's going to a new quarterback, it takes time to find a chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I think that Garoppolo and Devontae Adams are slowly getting better and better each week. Um, I'm going to ask uh, Grant this, and then maybe you can pony on it, Howard, just the fact about, and Grant mentioned Jordan Love, uh, you know, growing. He's, uh, he's still working at his craft. Uh, where do you see Grant, uh, Jordan's game, and then, Howard, you can kind of pony off Grant? I think your second year is always your hardest year as a pro. I mean, your first year is tough. Your second year, I mean, he got a few snaps in last year, and he looked great in week one this year, and teams adjust to that. So it's a learning experience, and he's going to grow, and he's going to be a good quarterback in the future. Howard? Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. And then what the Packers also have to do is improve the talent around him. And, of course, they were playing without Aaron Jones last night. Their wide, their wide receiver core has some talent, but it's, it's, it's young and it's growing. And so, obviously, they hope that those guys you know, will grow together. And, heck, you look at the Packers last year with Aaron Rodgers and they were an under 500 team. Now, I know he was playing a little banged up at times, but it was a much different receiver core when with, without Devontae Adams, which we've just been talking about you know, now with the Raiders. So, you know, we, we tend to, so many tend to look solely at the quarterback on teams and say, well, okay, they're not winning, so it must be the quarterback. Well, there's so many other factors that go into it in terms of protecting the guy, in terms of having a running game, in terms of having – you know, receivers and the quarterback on the same page. And the other thing is you can have all, you know, all the practice time you want in OTAs and training camp and all those things. And obviously those are important, but mm-hmm. games, that's a whole different animal in the NFL. And it, and it takes some time really to get all those guys on the same page. So, you know, watching love, it certainly looks like, you know, certainly the guy has, has talent, but you know, the one thing you have to avoid are those killer mistakes, those, you know, those killer interceptions. And that was where Rodgers was so unbelievable. I mean, he'd go through a whole season with five, inter- you know, around five interceptions. And so when you have multiple interception games, that's tough to overcome that. And, and that's what he has to get better at. But like I said, it includes everyone around him also uh, getting better. Howard, what have you made of Brock Purdy? All he does is win. I mean, this guy <laughs> is just amazing. It, it really is. And, and, but, you know, there's a perfect example of what I've been saying about, you know, the 49ers have a formula and it almost seems as if they can slot anybody in there at quarterback, anybody in there at running back, and they're going to be fine. Well, now they've added obviously a running back, one of the best in the game in Christian McCaffrey to go with that great defense. And when you have that, then it's, I'm not, I never should say it's simple, but your basic, you know, your basic formula is, Hey, just make the plays that are there on offense. If it's, you know, don't force the ball on third and long if you ever get the third and long because it's no crime to punt and then get the ball back when your defense stops the other team. And, and, and Bernie, but with that supporting cast with McCaffrey and with Brandon Ayuk and with Debo Samuel and with uh, George Kittle at tight end, they just have so many places to go with the football that it's very difficult to defend and, and Purdy just makes makes the right decisions and he gets the ball where it's supposed to go. Their offensive line is always good and I don't know. It's hard for me to find a, a more complete, talented team in the NFL right now than the Forty ers And like you said, obviously Purdy's you know Purdy's on an amazing run. 
You know, I saw every snap last week when they played the Cardinals. I think he had one incompletion the entire game. His passer rating against the Cowboys Sunday night was over 140. I mean, the guy just is ice out there and, and, and makes the right decisions. But certainly the team around him obviously helps him and the coaching helps him, you know, get is helping him get to that level. Howard, do you think that the the Niners have separated themselves from the pack? If you want to do a power ranking or whatever, is it that simple? That it's the Niners, and then you know, there's some other teams that are behind them, or what do you see there? Well, in the in the, in the NFC, you know, certainly you can't discount the Eagles, and obviously we'll never know what would have happened in that conference championship game last year had Purdy not been injured, and then the next guy got injured, and they didn't even have a quarterback, but. You know, so the Eagles are a very good team. There, there's other, you know, there's other good teams in the NFC, and certainly we know that on on one day in the postseason anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But everybody's shooting uh, for the 49ers because they're just going out there and they, they 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 just don't only win games, but most of the time they they dominate, and that's that just shows you know how 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 good they really are. So it's going to be tough for anybody you know to beat them. Once again, knock on wood provided that you know they don't get hit by you know by any serious injuries and so far they've avoided them and can can that, can they do that for the entire season well we'll have to wait and see but they're 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 just an incredible football team right now yeah hey, hey grant can you draw a parallel to anyone when you watch purdy and you know like he, he was the last draft pick and things like that was there a guy that you played with that maybe came in um you know on the team that sort of had that that role that you know, he was a winner, and all he did is in, just did his job and, and won. Can you can you maybe draw a parallel to anyone you played with in, in that sense? I think I look at a guy like Charlie Huddy. Yeah. It, nobody expected him to do anything fancy, but he just did his job. And a lot of what he did made Koff successful. Mm-hmm. So you have to have those guys that just come in and do it, the unspectacular jobs. And Purdy's come in, and he's been fantastic. Hey, but then you look at a guy, I think, what have they lost? One game since McCafferty got there? Yeah. So you add those pieces, and it's they're a deep team. I think that's the big thing. And that's what we were with the Oilers, because we were a deep team. If somebody did get hurt, you had somebody that could step in and play that exact same role and not miss a beat. Howard, how do you kind of see that parallel as well there? Yeah, no, I think, you know, it's a, it's a good one. And, 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 that, that, and that they were able to pick up you know, Christian McCaffrey uh, during last season. They just now at the end of last week make a trade for Randy Gregory, uh, who's a really good pass rusher, and now they can you know, <clears throat> put him on the opposite side once he gets acclimated there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put him on the opposite side of, of Nick Bosa. So that, that's the thing about them. They don't, they don't, they don't rest on their laurels. They're always looking for, you know, other guys that, you know, they can bring in that will help that team uh, be better. And so – that's you know that can be tough to do in in the NFL with the salary cap and and all those other things, but you know they make that happen. And of course they're not, they're they're hardly paying any of Gregory's salary, uh, which is a nice way to be able to acquire a pretty darn good pretty darn good player. Mm-hmm. So they're uh, you know you know Grant mentioned the depth that's always important, and the, and the depth can be are, really gets compromised when you have those injuries, you know, that we've been talking about. Because, you know, you, you lose some starters, and all of a sudden you're moving up backups to the starting spot. Then you have to have other guys that are depth. And then that affects special teams, because once a guy moves up 
from a, a backup to a starter, his special team snaps mm-hmm. are reduced. So I think a lot of people don't consider that a lot of times. And so all, all those things will, will affect will affect the roster, obviously, uh, when, you, when, you have, when you lose those guys. And so that's, that's, that's the key. That, that, but when you're, I mean, last year I, I remember looking at this, guys, when the Chiefs played the Eagles in the Super Bowl, on their offensive lines, each team had, a, had only two players that missed a total of three games the entire season. And then I remember when I met uh, Jonathan Gannon, now the head coach of the Cardinals, and we were just talking you know, back in March, and I mentioned that, and he said, well, let me tell you something. He said, the team that we had that started the opening week of the season on offense and defense, all 22 starters, all of those guys started in the Super Bowl. Now they had a handful of guys that missed a couple games here, you know, during the season. But once they got to the playoffs and got to the Super Bowl, they had all of their projected starters. That that's something that not very many teams can say. And that's you know, I know a lot of people always say, well, injuries are an excuse. Well, no, injuries are an explanation. Yeah. They're a reason a lot of times why things happen teams and you just hope that you're that team that doesn't doesn't experience too many of them well that's the whole thing for sure howard and i mean and and if you suffer a couple of injuries it's about that next guy up that takes advantage of that opportunity and sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't but uh hey really appreciate your time howard uh we've had you on uh, this is the second time already but we just just love all your insight and uh obviously we listen to you on sirius xm up here too so uh thanks for doing this uh and enjoy i guess uh, this is another big week coming up so enjoy the games and we'll talk soon we, we pr- appreciate that and just wanted to say real quick uh, that when uh, when you introduced Grant, I said, okay, that's I'm in Phoenix now, but yeah. I was in St. Louis for a lot of years, and I know Grant wasn't there with St. Louis for that long, but it was, uh, you know, that was a treat for hockey fans to have him as part of the Blues for uh, for the time that he was there. Well, thank you. It was a it was a great place to play. I mean, I loved St. Louis when I was there. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you played about eighty games that one season, right? <laughs> uh, we get our money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll talk soon, Howard. Appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. My pleasure, guys. Take care. That's the uh, Pigskin Report uh, brought to you by Mr. Lube. Um, be winner ready at mrlube.com. Man, you got you got fans everywhere, Fierzy. I mean, uh, that would have been... Uh, and Howard's covered the NFL for, oh, I don't even know, 40, 50 years. So, I mean... I was say for a long time. Yeah. So, would you have remembered him when he was in St. Louis doing some stuff there? I do. Yeah. I do, and I actually spend time listening to him on Sirius as well. Yeah, I mean, he does such a – I mean, I really we, – we, when we had him on prior, Fierzy, we talked about um, Gil Brandt a lot. Uh, and Gil, okay. Brandt, Yeah, Gil just passed away, and, um, you know, Howard did a, a, you know, a kind of a show with, with Gil at times on, on Sirius XM. Uh, but really, the insight between the two of them is just phenomenal. So much knowledge for sure. So, uh, when we come back, Fierzy, we're going to talk about uh, what you've been doing with uh, getting ready for the season with uh, Coachella Valley, and maybe a little bit about uh, uh, baseball and things like that. So, uh, stick around. Lots more with Grant Fear coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us.
All right, welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carey is with you along with Grant Fear on Sports 1440. So, well, Grant, you had a little bit of time off. What was it kind of like to, I guess, a little recharging, getting ready for the hockey season coming up? Uh, what did you kind of, uh, have you kind of got things going with Coachella Valley yet as far as doing uh, your prep work and things like that? Where are you at with uh, the Firebirds starting up, I guess, this Friday against Bakersfield? Yeah, we open here Friday against Bakersfield, so... Sunday afternoon, we had our last exhibition game. So you get a, a last chance to look at some of the kids. And we're a pretty veteran lineup again this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're pretty fortunate that we've got just about everybody back from Seattle. We lost Ty Karche and Joey Decord, which obviously Joey's going to be we'll, – we'll miss Joey. I mean, he was phenomenal last year. But we got Chris Drieger back, so we're not lacking in goaltending. And then you lose Ty Karche, but we gained Devin Shore. Right. So we get Shane Wright for the year. So we may actually have a stronger forward group than we had last year. And I think last year we were pretty close to leading the league in goal scoring. So it, it's going to be a good squad again. Where are you at with, with Shane Wright? What kind of, I mean, everyone's, you know, talking about his development and, and things like that. What, what have you seen, I guess, from Shane Wright so far, Grant? Uh, you know what? He's got a ton of skill. I think that's the one thing. He's a great skater. He's got a phenomenal shot. It's just a matter of confidence. I think that's the biggest thing is as he gains confidence, he's going to get better and better. And some guys develop fast. Some guys don't. It's a matter of having patience and making sure that he's ready to make that jump into the National Hockey League. And I think a full year or even half a year down here is going to do wonders for his confidence and wonders for his development. What do you, what do you think he has to work on the most? Or is it just all between the years more, more so? A lot of it, I think, the thought process and – and probably tightening up the defensive game a little bit, mm-hmm. I mean, which is normal for a young guy. Right? Offensive players, as soon as they turn pro, have a tendency to be a little less defensive-minded. Mm-hmm. So a little bit tightening up your own end and still being able to contrib- contribute offensively. And Shane, last year, as the playoffs went along, got better and better every round. And by the finals, I thought he played extremely well. So... If that development continues, you're going to see him in Seattle this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Joey Decord, and when we had you on, I guess it's probably about three weeks ago now. You, you're so high on this guy in goal. Um, what is it about Joey Decord that you see a bright future for this uh, young netminder? Well, I think he's just gotten better and better, and it's it's a confidence thing. I mean, he's what his fifth year going into a camp now, and you can see his confidence is getting better and better. And last year, he was kind of the backbone of the hockey club where. He played most nights, and he was really good most nights. And you don't have to be phenomenal, but you do have to be good every night. Mm-hmm. And Joey did that. He was either good, bordering on great, almost every night he played, and it gives the team confidence. Um, what kind of split do you, do you foresee? I mean, how many games do you think he's going to get in with the crack and uh, if he plays well and things like that, I guess? A lot of it's going to depend on Grubauer. Okay. I mean, if you look at Phillip, he's had a tendency – to get injured most years. So it, he has some hot and cold streaks. So I would think Joey was probably going to get into 20, maybe 25, depending on Phillips' health, maybe even 30 games this year. What kind of style would you say uh, Decord's game is? He's got a little of everything. I mean, he can butterfly, he can stand up. He's a phenomenal puck handler. I think that's the one thing that people will see is he makes it easy on the defenseman as he's a great puck handler and just makes it so much easier on your D where they don't have to get their face run in the glass because people are chasing him. He can get out, handle a puck, and he makes good plays with a puck. 
Kevin Carius, Grant Fear on Sports 1440 coming up to 9.30 in the uh, City of Champions. Text line is open, 1-833-401-1440. When the the Kraken were here on Friday, uh, Grant, and I went to the game, Kyler Yamamoto uh, didn't play. Where does he fit in with this Kraken team, do you think? I think he's going to play somewhere in that third or fourth line. Uh, and he's going to be that energy guy that same thing he was in Edmonton, mm-hmm. where you can move him up and down in the lineup. And I'm going to assume he's probably going to kill some penalties and he'll play some, what do you call them, tough minutes because you're the energy guy. So for being a small body, he competes. And with Seattle, he's going to play in that role. Yeah, uh, he, he's, I mean, it's kind of funny. that Last year when he was with Edmonton, he was in a situation where he was almost, he uh, wasn't given. He, he he worked and earned some of his playing time, but he was probably up higher in the lineup than than what he probably should have been here. Uh, now the Oilers have a little more depth uh, in the sense what they're going forward. But do you do you see a Yamamoto in a, in a sense where he can push up into that, into the top six or is it just maybe like you say on that third line where that's the best place that he can fit fit in i think he starts on the third line but if you need to move him into your top six i think he's got the ability that he can play in your top six if you need him to move down to your fourth i think he can play there as well so and he's kind of a useful player because you can move him up and down in your forward group yeah he has that ability too so um when you look at the the rest of the kind of uh, roster that you'll be kind of seeing in, in uh, Coachella Valley, is there anyone that kind of stands out or sticks out that you'll that we're going to probably see maybe move up to the to the big club maybe this year or anything like that? Well, I think we'll at some point we'll probably see Riker Evans. It was rookie defenseman last year, had a phenomenal year. I think at some point we'll see him in Seattle this year. Uh, we'll probably see Max McCormick up there again. Uh, John Hayden is a very useful player. He plays some real hard minutes. You're going to see John up there again mm-hmm. over the course of the year. Andrew Podolarski, who's won a scoring title in the American Hockey League, you get a chance to see him up there. So, I mean, we've got a pretty talented group down here in Coachella. What's uh, Riker Evans like? What kind of player is he? A really talented offensive guy. He sees the game really well, skates really well, makes that first outlet pass really well. I mean, he, he would have been a guy that would have been fabulous with us in the 80s. Mm-hmm. He's a really good puck-moving defenseman, and he's just he's solid in his own end. Um, and you, you figure that he'll probably get some time with the big club this year? Well, I think if they have an injury along the way, he's going to get some time up there. I mean, I think the reason they sent him back to us is to develop, he needs to play. Mm-hmm. And he's going to play big minutes with us where he's going to get his 20, 21 minutes in every night. Uh, Kevin Carey is Grant Fear on Sports 1440. Uh, so the Oilers uh, start things off tomorrow, Grant, uh, taking on the uh, Canucks in Vancouver. The return engagement is here on Saturday at uh, Rogers. Um, Jay Woodcroft basically said uh, several times during camp that it was an open competition in goal as far as uh, who would be getting the opening night start. Um is it a big deal to have the opening night start in your mind? Um, and wh- who do you see kind of maybe taking that? Do you think it's going to be uh, Jack Campbell or is it going to be Stuart Skinner? Um, you know what? I think it's a toss up. I think that's the fun part is both have played well. Jack had a phenomenal exhibition season. Mm-hmm. So it looks like he's on the bounce back. And I, did Stuart have as great of exhibition season as he did last year? Not really. But at the same time, 
not real worried about him. He's got a ton of talent and such. And your second year could be tough to get out of the blocks. So they're both going to have to play and they're both going to have to play well over the course of the year for the team to be successful. Yeah, I mean, and I was uh, I was telling uh, uh, Mark Spector earlier, Grant. I went to the game and I, I we went in the stands for the second period, and I just kind of we were I was probably about ten rows back of Campbell watching, and I really focused on him. And I mean, I kind of noticed that he was a lot, you know, he was bigger in the net. He maybe moved a little more efficiently. It seemed. Um, is that just like you know? Last year he just was in a bit of a funk. How, like, did he just get out of that? Like, is that coaching? What is it? Like, can you kind of explain how that kind of goes in that sense? A lot of it's confidence. I mean, you're transitioning to a new team, and he probably put a little too much pressure on himself. And when you start to struggle, you mm-hmm. have a habit of shrinking back into your net, where you end up playing smaller than you actually are. Mm-hmm. Where. Towards the end of last year, he started to look better. In the playoffs, he looked better when he did play. And then he's been great since training camp started this year. And he, he looks bigger. He looks more confident. And you can feel the confidence coming off him. A lot like Stewart last year played so well that the team feeds off of their confidence. Yeah, confidence for a goaltender. I mean, um, did you ever find yourself like at times where you didn't feel at 100% confident? And, and how did you get out of that funk, I guess? I went through that struggle my second year where I get off to a bit of a tough start and it strikes struggled for the first, Oh, probably till January. And then all of a sudden your confidence comes back as you start to get better and better. And a lot of it's hard work and practice. And once your confidence clicks, it's a whole different game. It's when you're fighting the puck and such, then you've got to be mentally strong. And that's half the battle is, can you battle your way through that? Um, did you ever have a deal with dealings with just like sports psychologists and things like that? I mean, the Oilers had a guy in here on the weekend and I know Jack Campbell was working, was working with some guys last year in that sense, but did you ever uh, go through that process? No, it was something I had to learn on my own. So I, as a hobby, I like to study sports psychology. Mm-hmm. So and you like to see how different athletes think. You like to see what the different sports psychologists have to say and the different ways of people thinking and, a point of how to believe in yourself. I think that's the biggest thing as an athlete is you have to believe in yourself and try and block the outside noise out. And there's always lots of outside noise. Everybody's got reasons and ideas of how to help you, but it's got to come from within. What's the hardest part of trying to block that outside noise? Like, what do you have to do? Is it just more just a belief in yourself or how does that work? And uh, how did it work for you too? A lot of it's belief in yourself and, when things are going well, it's easy to block everybody out. I mean, because you're, you're in your own little zone. When you're playing bad, it's funny. Your ears work really well. <laughs> so you, you get to hear everything. So a lot of it is you have to trust yourself first and foremost. And you have to exude confidence around your teammates. Even if you're struggling, mm-hmm. if you can give them the optical illusion that you have faith in yourself, they'll believe in you. And that goes a long ways. I mean, I was pretty fortunate even when I struggled that the guys all still believed in me. Mm-hmm. And that goes a long way to building your own confidence. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Carey's Grand Fear on Sports 1440. Um, I don't know if it worked for you like this, but some athletes say that, you know, they block everything out. They don't hear anything. They're, you know, when they're playing a game, they, uh, they're they so focused that it's kind of like, you know, silent. Did, did that work in that sense for you? Or how, how did, uh, could you hear the outside noise when you were even playing? Or uh, what happened there? Uh, my second year, I managed to you could hear mm-hmm. and I, so I, I learned early in my career that you have to block it out 
I think that's the big thing. If you start hearing, if you start thinking all of a sudden you're behind. Mm -hmm. So you just have to be able to block the world out. And for me, fortunately, I found the ice to be my sanctuary where I could just block the world out and just play and enjoy being out on the ice and playing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break here, Grant. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little baseball. I'm sure, I mean, Arizona, the, the D-backs are just on fire. Uh, it's an interesting dynamic to watch a, a team, you know, play the way they are. So we'll get your thoughts on some baseball and, and uh, uh, maybe a little bit of football. And and also, I mean, it was Thanksgiving here uh, yesterday. Maybe you celebrate and do a doubleheader down in the States now, doing one for Canadian, one for American. We'll talk to you about that uh, when we come back. Uh, Grant Fear, Kevin Carries on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. We're going to elevate our game by uh, Ram Elevators and Lifts uh, a little bit with Grant Fear right now. Uh, elevate Your Game is brought to you by Ram Elevators and Lifts. Unlock your uh, the potential of your residence with a home elevator or lift. You can learn more at TrustRam.com. Text coming in to one 401 Hey, guys, tell Grant I used to play for the Fear Ford Cougars, and we won the Edmonton Area Bantam Football Championship. Twice in a row. Man, it's it's everywhere, Grant. It's everywhere. <laughs> hey, I, I remember the Fear Ford Cougars. I played for them for a year. Did you really? The very first year they were in existence. I think we lost in the league final. Oh. So. <laughs> That's cool for sure. Um, so we're going to elevate our game with you, Grant. When we were talking about with Howard Balls or your time in St. Louis, uh, you had 79 games in 19. You played 79 games in 95-96. Um, you always said the more you played, the better you felt, but that was a lot. That's a lot, uh, 79. So can you take us back to that year? And then actually the following year you, you played 73. So you went down six games, kind of funny. So, uh, just kind of run back that time in St. Louis when you were uh, playing all those games for the blues. Well, it didn't start very well. I mean, Mike Keenan and I didn't get off to a great start, but at the same time it happens sometimes. But no, we came to an understanding. He said, play. And I said, that's fine. I'll play and just let me know. And he didn't say anything, so I just kept playing. (laughs) Playing 79 games, all it is is a mindset more than anything, is you have to like being there. You have to want to play. And I know that they talk about load management now, but as long as you can keep your mind fresh, your body's going to follow. I think that's the big thing is your body really doesn't get that tired. Your mind gets tired first before the body. And as long as you can keep your mind fresh, you can play a lot of hockey. Um, did you practice a lot or did you get a lot of practices off uh, that year? No, I still practiced a lot. Maybe not for the full length of the time where you still get your 20 or 30 minutes in. Mm-hmm. But I like to practice. I think that was the other thing is I enjoyed practice as well. So I'd like to get my 20 or 30 minutes in, even on game days when you're playing that much. I still like to get that morning skate just to get a feel for it. Um, when you talked about Mike Keenan, uh, what was that dynamic like playing for Iron Mike in St. Louis? Actually, you know what? Mike and I got along fine. I mean, there are a lot of guys that didn't get along with him, but Mike and I got along fine. I mean, he just let me play, which was awesome. So I... I like playing. I the mindset was to play, and we managed to squeeze out seventy nine games. And then, unfortunately, tore up a knee in the playoffs. But we had to take six extra games off the next year just because we had a knee rebuild. Mm-hmm. So we still managed to squeeze seventy three <laughs> in, though. Um, and you tried to play through that knee injury, correct? How did that work? Yeah, not very well. I mean, I'd never torn any ligaments in a knee before, so I figured 
once the pain went away and the swelling went down a little bit that I might be able to play through it. But apparently you need ligaments in a knee for it to work <laughs> properly. So it didn't work so good. Uh, how did how did you get injured? How did the injury happen? Um, Nick Kiprios fell on me. Yes. So and I just happened to have my leg stuck in a bad spot and lost the ACL and the MCL on my right knee. And everyone kind of said that it was intentionally on purpose, uh, accidental kind of thing. That's a playoff fall. Yeah. And it happened, so probably happened 500 times over the course of my career. It's just the first time that I managed to get hurt when it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you guys had such a veteran team uh, all your years in St. Louis. Um, what was that like playing for, I mean, all the guys were, you know, a little older, uh, kind of battle tested. You had some younger guys too, like Chris Pronger and things like that, but kind of uh, touch on how that, uh, th- that roster was set up and, and how it helped you for some success in St. Louis. You know what? We had a great squad. And if you look at our top three centers, you had Wayne Gretzky, not so bad. <laughs> Dale Howard, Chuck, not so bad. Pierre Turgeron. So three hall of famers down the middle. Brett Hall was there. Uh, Glennie Anderson had come in at that time. Obviously, Prongs, Al McInnes. So, yeah, a lot of talented guys on that squad. So, and a lot of guys got traded, right? They, they came in later in the year. Was it tough to kind of gel and mold that team? Uh, uh, you know, the, the one where you played uh, 79 games that year? No, because everybody was veterans. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the bigger thing is everybody been to a team or two and – when you're the veteran guys have an easier time adjusting than the younger guys, just because they've seen more things, they've seen more the different systems, that sort of thing. So everybody adjusted pretty well, and we were playing good hockey going into the playoffs. Uh, Grant Fear, Kevin Carey, Sports fourteen forty. Um, so and Roger Nielsen was assistant coach at that time too. Yep. Um, yep. We had Roger Nielsen, Jimmy Roberts. So we have veteran coaching staff as well. Yeah. Um, what I mean, would you say that if you're got if you're going to compare um, Mike Keenan and Roger Nielsen, was there sort of the the yin and yang there with Nielsen sort of trying to be maybe a little calmer, or how would you kind of explain that relationship? Uh, Roger was obviously a lot calmer. Mm-hmm. Mike Mike was high, fairly high strung, especially behind the bench. But no, <laughs> Roger had some great defensive systems, so we played good defense as well as we could score. So we had a little, we had a little of everything. I mean, obviously if the game got ugly and tough, we had Kelly Chase and Tony Twist so yeah. they could take care of that side of things. You had Prongs and Al that could both play 30 minutes a night. So you knew your back end was good. And you got, who else we have? Jeff Cortnell, mm-hmm. Holly, Pierre Tergeron, Dale Howarchuk. We had a lot of guys that could score goals, Glennie. So it, it was a good hockey club. I think Charlie Huddy might even been with us. Yeah, I think so too for a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, cool. yeah. I mean, good team. yeah. You, I mean, veterans, veterans. And um, did you feel that when you get, we were in the playoffs? I mean, despite the injury, that you had the the you could have had a a better or a longer run with that team, or what, what, that, that was a team that had a chance to win a cup. Yeah, and as good as that group was, and as good as we were playing, it was a chance to win a cup. Um, elevate our game with uh, Grant Fuhr. Um, when I talk about elevating your game, uh, it's uh, uh, I'm looking at your assist uh, totals in the NHL. So you finished with 46 apples, but you had 14 one year when you played here, uh, 83-84, but it was only in 45 games uh, that you had the 14 assists. Uh, I mean, that's I mean, you had more points than a lot of guys on the team. 
Uh, well, we gave the guys a run for their money. So, <laughs> what do you remember about like when you when you're rocking up all those uh, assists? Like, I'm just kind of looking. So you had you had 14 assists. You finished ahead in scoring. Uh, guys like uh, Tommy Rolston and Pat Conacher had. 12 points or 10 points and 12. Uh, it must have been a pretty neat conversation a lot of times in the dressing room with that. Well, I, we had a lot of fun. I think I had a bet with Samank that I could outscore him that year. <laughs> so I, we, we had a lot of fun over time. And in, uh, part of it was a progression of learning where to put pucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not so much having to pass the puck. It's when you make a save, where does the rebound go? And yeah. if you get it into the right part of the traffic pattern, we were an offensive hockey club and guys would take off and go with it. So it was a learning process, but at the same time, as I did figure it out, it got better and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had uh, 14 assists. Dave Semenko had six goals, 11 assists, so 17 points. So uh, just three ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I had a chance to catch him too and didn't quite do it. <laughs> so uh, what were those conversations like? I'm sure that he was probably saying, I got to get, I got to just, you know, somehow get another point here or something to stay ahead of Fierzy. How'd that work? Oh, no, we had a lot of laughs over it. And that was the fun about that team is we had a lot of fun. So there little competitions and just the, the inner workings of the team where everybody got along so well and the little games that we had amongst each other. Yeah, for sure. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 401 Let's switch gears and talk a little baseball with uh, Grant Fear. Um we were just talking, uh, St. Albert Kevin sends a text and has a wildcard team ever won the World Series? Uh, and the Duke did some research here. Uh, says, yes, the Florida Marlins in 97 and 03, Anaheim Angels in 02, Boston Red Sox in 04, Cardinals in 2011, and the Giants in 2014, and then the Nationals in 2019. Duke, you did a lot of research on that. What, what's going on there? Uh, that, it, took, that, it took it took one entire what? Google search to, <laughs> to figure that one out. There was an entire section on the Wikipedia page of Major, Major uh, League Baseball. Okay, well, you talk about elevating your game for sure in that sense. So, uh, have you been able to watch a little uh, uh, baseball playoffs, uh, Grant? And uh, what are you making of it so far? Uh, you know what? I got I watched a couple of the Toronto games. Mm-hmm. So it, they didn't last long, <laughs> but um, no, I try and watch a little bit. I haven't watched as much as I would like, but. Mm-hmm. I try and watch a little bit, I and mean, obviously Philadelphia is extremely good, but Atlanta's played well against them. Arizona's surprising everybody. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected them to be up 2-0 in the Dodgers. And then the other side, kind of hoping you get a little bit of Houston and Texas. And I think that would be a great rivalry series. Uh, for sure. Uh, today, the Orioles and Rangers go at 6 o'clock our time. 2 o'clock our time is the Astros and Twins. Uh, that series is 1-1. Texas leads 2-0. We're going to have uh, uh, Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News at 10-20, Grant, to talk about that Orioles and Rangers series and uh, just the fact that the Orioles have never been swept since Adley Rutschman got called up, and that's a year and a half already, Duke. Is that what it is? Yeah, basically back to the roughly the – shortly after the start of last season. So they went most of last year yeah. and this entire regular season without being swept in a two or longer game series. Hmm. So uh, interesting scenario there. Um, you know, when you look at the Arizona series though, Grant, I mean, I think a lot of people, and that's kind of what we were getting at with, uh, you know, just the fact that basically with a wildcard team, um, I mean, this is kind of uncharted waters for a lot of these guys in Arizona. No one really knows who these 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 guys are. When you look at a team like that, can you kind of relate to sort of a 
I don't know. Is it a no-name? Am I kind of phrasing that correctly, Grant? Like a no-name team where maybe the, the the normal baseball fan doesn't really know a lot of these guys, and can that work in a in a in a team's favor? I think it can. I mean, it's more of a kind of a, a tighter team, mm-hmm. if you want to put it that way, where there's no real standout superstar. I mean, I think if you look at the Dodgers and Kershaw, you figure game one, everybody had penciled the Dodgers in to win game one with Kershaw pitching. Yeah. But not so good in the first inning. So it didn't work out that way. But you got to get an Arizona team that all believe in each other. They're all playing great ball right now. And I think they've surprised the Dodgers. And like, I'm not sure that the Dodgers are going to be able to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, okay, so uh, Texter sent a thing, Mookie Betts had a hit last night. I thought he went 0 for 4, but um, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman are having some difficulties right now at the top of the Dodgers order. Um, in a short series, can you say, well, uh, you know what, the pitching for Arizona's, you know, they got some guys there, like Gallon threw well. I mean, Merrill Kelly's a pretty good pitcher. Uh, their bullpen has been very good. Uh, when you eliminate the top two players on another team, what's that do for your confidence in the sense that, um, you know, this is a team that is kind of, you know, controlling, like they're they're like almost a team of destiny. Can you kind of look at that, Grant, and kind of maybe some teams that you were on a similar situation where, you know, maybe a little under the radar kind of thing? Can you make any parallel there? Fortunately, I played on pretty good teams, so we're never really sneaking in under the radar. But Mm -hmm. you you play a team that everybody expects to lose, and they control you a little bit. It builds their their confidence goes sky high, where you start to doubt yourself a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think you're seeing that in the Dodgers series, where he shut down the top half of that order, and they're feeling like they can win, and the Dodgers it's almost like you're trying to force yourself to win mm-hmm. and the harder you force yourself, the worse it usually gets. So you're just kind of like, you're just pu- like pushing and pressing and, and then it kind of works, yeah. you know, against you're you. Doing things you wouldn't characteristically do. You're probably trying to hit pitches. You wouldn't normally try and hit. And mm-hmm. it's the patience part. The patience part kind of goes out the window because now you feel like you have to force it. Yeah. Uh, text coming in from Corey Mookie bets did not have a hit last night. So that's kind of what I thought he had a force out. Um, when you said you watched the, the J series, what did you make of the uh, pitching change, Grant? I thought it was interesting. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good word, isn't it? I, I kind of the old school version. If a guy's hot, you let him pitch. Yeah. But uh, analytics, analytics sometimes is creeping into sport, and sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so we did elevate uh, our game by Ram Elevators and Lifts. Uh, it's brought to you by Ram Elevators and Lifts, Forbes best rated uh, residential elevators manufactured right here in Edmonton. Visit TrustRam.com for more information. Uh, at the top of the hour, we'll check in uh, with Matt Parrish, uh, University of Alberta's Pandas Rugby uh, head coach, uh, and then uh, Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News, Kevin Carius, Grant Fuhr on Sports 1440. Before that, a sports update with the Duke.